Morning, Matt. Oh my God. Good morning. Six thirty. <laughs> yeah, six thirty, which is on me because we actually tried to start like half an hour earlier and just like poor at getting stuff set up in advance. <laughs> you know, I get up about this early most uh, weekdays, but um, the yeah. weekend is kind of my recharge time. So yeah, uh, I lose a, a recharge day this week, and it's um, a little more brutal than I thought. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. I mean, this goes back to what we're always talking about with having kids and stuff. It wouldn't be so bad because I could just go back to bed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not an option anymore. I mean, I have, my, I literally have the baby monitor in front of me um, watching her right. just ready to jump as soon as I need to here. So. Oh, man. Well, hopefully she stays asleep forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that what I normally do when I'm making up for lost time is I'll, I'll nap at the same time as my kid naps and... It, it helps a little bit, but... Yeah, um, I go with that strategy. Or nap at, like, lunch or something. Yeah. Which is less effective, because it's not comfortable. <laughs> but this is what you get to yeah. do, right? This is how you make yeah, time yeah. for hobbies when you have kids. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, it, it's it's kind of bananas for me. I'm, I'm extra tired right now, not because of the baby, but because of the exact opposite. Because uh, my wife took uh, the kid away for a week to go visit some friends, so... Uh, that has left me with an overabundance of spare time, and instead of catching up on sleep, I've uh, been playing a few more video games than I should have. I, of course, don't feel sorry for you at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be... So o- now, I, yeah, now I've got, like, that hungover, tired feeling, because I went to bed at, like, one last <laughs> night, and... It's like you feel kind of crappy, but it was so wonderfully worth it, kind of thing, right? Yeah. 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 So the, the what games have you played, uh, bit... Uh, this week is going to be enormously lopsided because uh, I think I I held my 3ds in my hands late one <laughs> night and was like uh, I'm just yeah literally didn't play a single game at all so yeah uh, uh, I thought about it well well uh, full disclosure as always I I am working for EA right now so uh, my views are mine and not of that of my employer um, but I decided to play Battlefield One this week. Uh, and I, and I only played through the campaign mode. Not I didn't touch the multiplayer at all. You say played through it, as in you're done it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I should maybe start getting up at six every weekend. <laughs> um, okay. Well, How was it? What's yeah, but the, like I said, this is because I've got no baby mania here, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I sat down and and played through the entire campaign, which was eleven hours. Okay. Um, nice. And uh, it was it was pretty solid. Uh, there were there were um, some oddities in in how they chose to give you information. In my opinion, um, I haven't played games on Origin before, so I'm not used to like how the achievement systems and stuff work there. So right. uh, I feel like it wasn't as detailed as you, you would get when playing a Steam game. Um, Do you th- I mean, are so we talking the story here, or is this like kind of like? I guess no. the tutorial esque elements. No, I'm just talking more of like a on a UI user experience uh, level. Um, like when when you get an achievement, I'd get something that would pop up that would say press like Shift F1 or whatever to find out more information, and I would, and I, and I didn't see any more information about my achievement, so I have like no idea what it was that I was doing. And then there's like little hidden items that you find in the game for. Uh, I don't know, you can just open up chests and, and find 
uh, field manuals, I guess they're called, or there's like challenges that you can do. Okay. But I haven't found anything in the interface that explains what the challenges are. You just get a point for doing them. Is that intentional, maybe? Like I, I have no idea. It's like all of a sudden... Things. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden I'll do something and then I'll get a message saying I completed the challenge, but I had no idea there was a challenge in the first place. Uh, so Okay, well, <laughs> that's one way to design and things. So, so then I, I completed one of two challenges and I have no idea what the other challenge is. Got it. So it... it I don't know. I think it weirdly affects the replayability because I I don't want to necessarily replay trying to find the challenges aimlessly. Mm. Uh, so uh, that was pretty weird for me. But aside from that, I thought the game was fantastic. Um, uh, uh, clearly, I'm using the same game engine at work right now, so I was doing a lot of work trying to trying to figure out like what Trying sort of stuff, stuff can be done in the engine, okay, yeah. um, which is unusual for me. I, I normally play a lot of older games and stuff, and not so much stuff that's like just freshly released, so um, I spend a lot less time normally analyzing that stuff. Right. Um, but, I don't know, I thought the graphics were great and, and kind of inspired me to try some stuff at work, and then... Uh, um, uh, what was my other point? Oh, the so I, I decided to pick this up on... Friday, which in Canada was Remembrance Day. Right. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, that's like a Memorial Day thing that's at the end of World War One. Uh, Commonwealth countries basically decided we should have a holiday uh, to remember this stuff so it doesn't happen again. Uh, so I kind of chose that because Battlefield One is a World War One game. So it felt kind of appropriate. And, and the very first mission that you get dropped into is unlike any first-person shooter mission I've been in before. So Want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so like most of the time it's like, you know, you're a single person and you're rushing the battlefield. You start off at one place and you get to your objective and that's the end of the level, right? Right. Um, whereas in this level it was based off of... Uh, uh, a particular fight, I guess. Uh, I don't know necessarily the words I want to use because I'm still tired. Uh, but, <laughs> but basically, you're dropped into a battlefield and you're not expected to win. And so you'll be charging the battlefield. You have, I guess, it, because it's kind of a tutorial mode, they're like trying to explain stuff to you. And so you'll get like one task, like run forward, this is how you aim and shoot. And then you're completely demolished. And then the camera like zooms out and it shows the birth date and uh, death date of that particular person. And then you spawn somewhere else on the field as someone else and you're learning a new task and oh, you wow. get killed again. <laughs> and So that, that happens a few times and it, it, it really makes the war feel way more grim right. and hopeless. And so, I don't know, it felt like particularly appropriate to be playing it on that day. Um, yeah, that's actually a, uh, I guess, very interesting way to open it. Um, throughout the game, are you you play as a single character? No. Um, so I feel like the whole campaign mode is just driven at teaching you how to play the game, so that when you jump into the multiplayer, you don't suck. Okay. Um, yeah. So it it seems kind of the same way. Like there's, I I think five or six different main stories, and and there's kind of different objectives to each of those stories 
So like in one you're a pilot, in another you're a tank driver, in another you're just uh, riding a horse around and and stuff. So <laughs> cool. Um, because uh, yeah. I'm just, so it, are all the experiences like? I mean, would you say each? Uh, it sounds like each chapter is a kind of different way to play the game. Um, yeah. Were they all pretty solid, or do you think some of them stood out a little more than others? I think the last one. <clears throat> I think the last one definitely stood out from a, uh, a graphics point of view, but I don't know. They they were all pretty solid and, and unique. Like they all took place in different parts of Europe, and I don't know. I I thought they were all just pretty solid experiences. Probably you'd get more enjoyment out of it if you uh, if you spread it out over a few days instead of just marathoning it all in one. You do what you got to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I, I got I got to the end and it was like three in the morning and I'm like uh, I'm just gonna go to bed. Yeah. No, if I was in a real war, I wouldn't just be able to quit. I'm gonna stick it out. <laughs> oh, that's immersion, man. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. So, um, do you like uh, uh, play a lot of shooters? I mean, are you are you no. kind of so you don't have like this pool of experience necessarily? You're really comparing this to. No, not really. Um, I played Battlefield 1942 back when I was in college. Um, right. And then I played the Left 4 Dead games. Uh, and I think that's basically <laughs> it, unless you want to include... And that says something about us, I mean. Yeah. Since that excludes so like 90% of the, the big hit games or something. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played like any of the big Battlefield or any of the big like Call of Duties. Or Have you played Titanfall? No. Yeah. Um, well, so I tried the demo of it in VR, but yeah, yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. Um. I, I think, I don't know. I'm the same. Um. I do intend on trying Battlefield. Uh. Soon. Um. I would like to try Titanfall too. It seems interesting to me. It's a bit of a spin on the shooter thing, which. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I'm not someone who dislikes shooters. I just don't have that experience and especially now where shooters are going more and more uh with kind of a focus on the multiplayer <laughs> i feel yeah. like if you've been if you're behind already it's just it's a little bit harder to jump in because yeah I mean, everyone at that multiplayer uh arena that you're going to be joining is just so infinitely beyond your skill level right yeah so yeah i was absolutely brutal when i started at my last job um because one part of my job was to test the game that we're playing or that we're making, uh, which this is this was Gears of War four, mm. and I had never played a Gears of War game, so we we are doing the tests for the multiplayer, <laughs> and everyone else has like at least a year of experience making the game on top of me. So you were that guy <laughs> who could beat anyone else at Tetris, but at this game <laughs> we're just like a little baby flailing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I had my GameCube hooked up to my spare monitor, so I, I could play Sonic the Hedgehog every now and right. then. <laughs> you need that one thing that kind of legitimizes you <laughs> amongst all these other people. Yeah, but I was getting absolutely destroyed <laughs> in the multiplayer, and it's not fun when you're in that situation. Right? It really like, isn't. Yeah, when you when you're coming into like a, a multiplayer battlefield game, and everyone else has like six battlefield games of experience yeah. more than you. And I think that's a huge deterrent. I mean, going back to what we, I guess, always talk about um, with the whole uh, lack of time and having a family and all that. Like, I really need, <laughs> I, I can't, I have to get good at a game in like these little short bursts, which I find yeah. 
uh, for example, like a multiplayer shooter, I, I just I, I haven't figured it out yet. I guess like if I wanted to become competitive at one of these, I honestly have no idea how I do that with my current uh, lifestyle. I just I, with your current lifestyle, no chance. Yeah, I mean it's um, inconceivable, right? So it, that's a real barrier to entry for me. Yeah. I'm which which is why it was fun for me to just play through the campaign and, and yeah. like I said I'm I'm gonna just leave it at that because I I don't have time to get proficient at the multiplayer battle all the like, single people yeah yeah um, I I used to uh, so when I when I was playing Left for Dead back in 2009 or 2008 whenever that was mm. um, I actually played that competitively. Um, and so I, I racked up something like I don't even remember I, it was definitely well over 100 hours that I put into that game mm. and then I, I actually played in like a, a game tournament that was hosted by Newegg I think okay. um, and so I was I I entered into that because me and some people that were playing we, we got exceptionally good and, and we were regularly winning the games with random people. Mm. <laughs> but when you start getting into the competitive environment, it's a whole different Damn, piece. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you're playing with people that... I mean, I'd had something like 150 hours, and they had over 1,000 hours. And yeah. It's, it's like in that game, you could play as different monsters that had different skills. So there was one called the Hunter, where you can, like, pounce. Right. Uh, and you, you could cover huge distances mm. across the screen, and you could actually have like a, a wall jump type of ability if you got really good at it. Mm. Like if if you jumped again, like as soon as you landed, you could do it again. Right. So people would do this up the sides of buildings and even on the skybox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like in the middle of an open area and then someone like drops down on you from the sky and it's just like brutal what so i guess you didn't do too well in this tournament <laughs> you know we actually held our own fairly well we did the first couple of waves or or legs of the tournament whatever you want to call mm. it um and unfortunately the one that we got eliminated from it like it's a it's an eight-player game. You've got four people on one team mm. and four people on the other, and we just our fourth guy had something come up and he just couldn't make it to the game. So it was three on four. And you didn't stand a chance then. No, uh, they mm. were probably better than us. Mm. But then once you make it three on four, it's just hopeless. Yeah. Ouch! That sucks, man. Yeah. yeah. The AI at that point was just terrible. Like you, you had the ability like. You could go up in skyscrapers, and uh, like there's a level where you start at the top of a burning hotel, mm. and you have to go out on ledges, and the AI characters would just like run off the ledges. <laughs> <laughs> so, God. so it's like they were more helpful sometimes than others. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, you know, as much as it pains me to say, I think those uh, competitive days are certainly behind me. Yeah, they're they're totally behind me now. But you know, it's weird. I'm sure you have the same experience, but like growing up in a small town, it was so easy to be that guy at like yeah, anything, yeah. you know. So I mean, of <laughs> course, I was that the video game guy or the guy who was just so awesome at this or so yeah, you yeah. know whatever. And then it's like when you finally get out and explore the world, and it's just like you just get destroyed by these people. It's it's a real uh, humbling wake up experience. Like I don't know, like. 
playing uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 online. Like, yeah. like after growing up, like playing that and being <laughs> that guy, and you play it online, and I can't beat a single person. Literally, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Any time I turn it on, I just get destroyed. Like not even remotely close. It's like really well, it's to- brings you yeah. back. Well, it's it's totally the difference of the amount of time you put into it, right? It is. Like, it is. That's a, uh, a huge one. And yeah, like you said, in a small town, it's like we would love video games, and then we'd have friends that would play them at our house. <laughs> So, that was a world, so, right? I mean, that was, yeah. yeah. So, so they would literally have no practice, and then you'd have maybe ten hours of practice. That's it. So you could totally destroy them. But then you get onto those now where you can play it online. It's like you've still got your ten hours practice, <laughs> but they are like religiously play it every day, yeah. and can like they know the exact timing of the animation frames when they have to like finish the combo and go into the next one yeah it's just like and i feel like there's a specialist for each game like everyone yeah seems to have that one game they play religiously and put a thousand hours into so i mean if you're someone who's just kind of you know has broader interests or or you know doesn't just sit down and play dota 2 their whole life it's like you just yeah you know you're not gonna be competitive really um i'm sure there's freaks out there that prove me wrong in that statement perhaps many but uh i don't know for me it's like oh man although you know i'll i'll I'll, uh shamelessly plug my claim to fame um there was a uh (laughs) as far as tournaments go there was a super mario kart tournament tournament in uh whenever i don't even know um 1992 or something it was a nintendo power tournament right and um it was uh you couldn't. Was it one of those things where you send in your scores? You take a picture of the TV. They had the yeah. instructions on how to take a picture of your crappy CRT, and uh, yeah. Canadians weren't eligible. It was U.S. only. And I forget. <laughs> I really. I forget what the um, prize was. I, I, memory's hazy. I feel like it was. Yeah. A trip somewhere or something. Anyway, um, when the scores came out, my score, which I was ineligible to to enter, my score was better than the winning score. I was like, ah, yeah. I won this tournament, man. It was, uh, <laughs> you had to send in your time trial uh, timing for um, uh, Mario Circuit 1. And my yeah. time was like 56 seconds or something. I forget the winner was like 59 maybe. Like it was just quite a gap too. I remember being like, yeah, awesome <laughs> story. I know it's, it's yeah. 640 on a Sunday. <laughs> but uh, I mean, think about it. I could have had my name at, in that Nintendo Power magazine, man. If yeah, that's true. If we grew up in, like, Maine or something. Well, something that's interesting, uh, I guess going off in a different direction now, is uh, uh, there was a Kotaku article recently where they took one of the artists who re- would regularly uh, drop on the, the envelopes and have those featured at the beginning of the Nintendo Power. Okay, yeah. Uh, I found it is- interesting because there was, like, one girl who consistently would have stuff in like every issue and there was like an issue where she had two things in it (laughs) so uh it it was interesting seeing this because i recognized a lot of what the images were from back when i had the nintendo powers and nice i i remember sending some stuff off in there and i don't think they ever got featured (laughs) when i was in grade five uh but that was uh, honestly like a large part of what got me interested into the games industry was having those magazines and like looking at all the artwork and stuff that was in them and oh yeah especially seeing like my peers i guess or my my uh uh 
contemporaries getting their work in. Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, uh, Mega Man 5 they uh, solicited for uh, robot suggestions or something. Yeah, I, they, I, I think they did that for all of them, or at least Capcom did directly. Uh, yeah, there was. A, I think it, I don't know. I think there was one where I thought one of them um, they took suggestions from Japan, and then one was from North America, and five yeah. was the North American one, and maybe like four was Japan or something. I don't know, but um, that that magazine, like uh, just exactly as you say, seeing your peers take part. Um, yeah, seeing all these designs for robot monsters, and and the fact that they legitimately had a chance to become those final designs was like super inspiring i just remember uh spending a weekend at my friend's house drawing out robot designs trying to like come <laughs> up with that one that was going to be so good that we'd uh you know make, put you know put our stamp on video game history or whatever right but i mean uh it, it, <laughs> to this day that's one of the things my dad makes fun of me for <laughs> sending those in yeah i had like um, i had like a duotang filled <laughs> with lined paper that i drew like Sandman and Birdman and like I had just like fifty different things in there and so awesome. my dad still loves to make fun of me about all these garbage mans and <laughs> <laughs> oh man nice yeah I uh, we had um, fish at the time or I guess they were my fish we had these four uh, fish just like typical you know fish pull stuff I have no idea why but I like obsessed obsessed over these fish and I'd like. I named them all, and then I'd write stories about them, and I just, I, it, it struck me as weird that no one else around me thought they were awesome. You know what I mean? Like it was just the weirdest thing. But anyway, um, I remember writing out this whole like game idea, starring these fish, and it was going to be so awesome. And sending it, I was, I, we, my friends were in on it too, or a couple of them, and we sent it off, <laughs> and never, of course, never got a response. But I mean, yeah. In retrospect, it's I guess kind of funny how. Uh, your mind is so different when you're a stupid kid. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's there's totally like uh, contests and stuff now where I'm just like I don't have nearly the same motivation to put that time into it. Maybe that's just because I'm a parent. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there's there's like the odd little design contest or something that I'll see now and I'll be like I should enter that and then I just don't. Yeah, well, I think. But as a kid, it was just like. <laughs> I would see something that would catch my interest like that, and I'd just, like, (laughs) pour hours (laughs) and hours into it. Yeah, well, it's... Nowadays, I mean, I don't know, like, if I decide I have this amazing idea, and, oh, I'm going to make my mark or whatever, you know, I mean, I could, like, literally just, on on Saturday, start making that game, right? I mean, when you were a kid in 1991 or something, there was no concept of that, I guess, so it was just so, like, any, any info kind of tribbling into your hands was this amazing thing right like kind of insights into how stuff was made and and stuff yeah in that way too nintendo power was uh an amazing resource i think i was like kind of the behind the scenes or like even even stuff like they'd have they'd be talking about their call centers and how you can call for advice and they just have a picture of a guy like on the phone and i was like oh man i'm looking at someone who actually works at nintendo oh my god like (laughs) that level of, of insight was incredible to me so so the uh, Nintendo Classic thing came out this week, and the reason I'm thinking about that is because I remember reading that they actually opened the, those call centers back up for like a, a week or a month or something to so that people can call into that if they need help with those <laughs> games. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Um, I don't know, this is kind of tangentially related, I guess, but um, I always found yeah. it interesting. Uh, Nintendo supported each of their systems for, like, 
25 years or something. Um, so yeah. if you had a, particularly the one that stood out to me was if you had a disc system, I mean, this, yeah. it was only on sale for like two years, but if you had a disc system whose uh, disc belt broke, you could send it in and get it replaced yeah. until like 2010 or something. Like they had that service <laughs> so long. I, I, wow. I remember it being active. Like I remember them announcing they were canceling it. Like nice. me as an adult being like, ah, <laughs> I can't send in my, uh, my disc system <laughs> if it breaks sometime, right? Yeah, I guess just, I guess you could have just gone in there and like graded the wires with a rock or something and then sent it in <laughs> yeah. just to get your free repair before they ended the service. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure it was Japan only, and then I yeah. don't know where I was at the time or whatever. I don't really remember, but you'd have to show your original receipt. And yeah. Well, I bought it used, so uh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, so uh, you didn't, I guess Friday wasn't a holiday for you guys, right? No, it wasn't. So yeah, all, the only option you had was to try to look at Amazon to order one? Um, yeah, I mean, so at work we have like a, uh, you know, it's a huge company and we have yeah. um, a bunch of mailing lists and there's a retro games mailing list. And so right. I talk to those guys a lot and people are just all over it. They're like, maybe you can get it here and check this place. And oh, no, I got one. You know, it's it was interesting <laughs> to take part, but I kind of knew I had no chance. I mean, it was a busy day and I'm running from meeting to meeting. And uh, I don't know, like the 2 p.m. opening on Amazon, I actually missed because there was my like boss was in my office. And I was just like, whatever. So I, I <laughs> intentionally didn't get optimistic about it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get optimistic about it either, but yeah. I did. I, because no one else was around, I did still make somewhat of an effort. <laughs> right. Um, so I like I live across the street from a Best Buy. Mm. So I look at the the uh, the Googles, and it told me that Best Buy opens at ten. And I was like, okay, well, you know, nine fifty-five. I guess I'll just walk across the street and wait, I should be getting at the door just as they're opening and uh, I'll get myself a Nintendo because they're obviously not going to be that popular. And <laughs> so, and was there a huge line at like eight? Yeah, well, there must have been. Uh, so this is what I did. I, I go over there and at like 9.55, I guess they opened the store earlier and there were already people walking down the street towards me holding on to one. And I was like, fuck. So Heading right I back to the apartment to post in Craigslist, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I I decided to pick up my walking pace, and I, I went in there, and yeah, there was a huge line already. So I just, uh, sp- they had a greeter at the door. I don't know if that's their official job title, but uh, the, I Storals. just asked the question, like, do you guys have any of this left? And she's like, there was a line up at 7 a.m. I was like, so are there any left? <laughs> She's like, no. So not a I fi- So I figure at that point I was already outside. Why not go around to some other places anyway? Uh, get get a little bit of walking in for the day. Uh, so uh, I hopped on a train and went to uh, the uh, what is it Broadway and Canby area mm-hmm. where there's another Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could tell that they were already going to be sold out, so I just skipped it and went straight to the EB Games, which was about to open. Mm-hmm. And there was a lineup of like, I don't know, 40 people or so. So I was just like, okay, let's. Just, I'm too late to be in this line. Yeah. Uh, you would have had to like take the day off. Yeah. Well, it was a holiday here. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. so I guess that was part of the reason there was more competition. Uh, right. But. 
So then I decided to go to the, the Toys R Us, which is on Broadway, because I figure no one shops there. Uh, so uh, I went there, and of course they were sold out too. So uh, there was no hope of getting it anywhere unless you were already lined up before the stores opened. Yeah, none of that's surprising to me at all. Um, so when I was at the Toys R Us, I actually asked the cashiers, like, uh, so the PlayStation 4 Pro just came out. How many of those have you sold? And she said, well, it came out yesterday and we've sold one. <laughs> so There you go. So there you go. You know, uh, I've been saying for like like 10 years that Nintendo should literally just put the original Nintendo back on sale because they'd make money. Yeah. People will buy it. I mean, think. I mean, this is cool too, of course. You know, the mini yeah. has games in it. Everyone's like, oh, I can just hook <coughs> it up and play it. Maybe it's better. I don't know. I well, there's no barrier of entry, right? That's it, yeah. That's but... But imagine exactly the same thing, but it had a cartridge slot. So if you have games yeah. still kicking around your attic, you could play them or something. You know, I'm just like, yeah. I had always thought if they just put put it back on sale for cheap, it would sell. Yeah, it would sell. Yeah. It would. I mean, maybe as a limited time offer or something. Like, I I have no idea. I'm not a business person. Maybe the manufacturing costs to like spin it back up would have been significant or whatever, right? But I mean, there's definitely that market for it. I mean, a used original Nintendo on eBay. I know it's kind of there's that yeah. a bit of a collector's premium you're paying but it's like 80 bucks yeah i i think that it would um it would probably sell but they'd have to do a much more limited run of it because yeah you couldn't just i feel like the only i feel like the only people that could take advantage of it are people that already have the games yeah because as soon as you get this thing coming out where there's way more systems than there are games like the games are going to start going way up in price which they're already outrageous in my opinion yeah well, it depends. Like, you can get Battletoads for, like, five bucks or something, but... I'd be surprised yeah. if you can get Battletoads for five bucks still. Oh, yeah, you, you could when I was in college. Prices have, like, tripled in the last, yeah, like, ten years. Right. Easily. Yeah. So, I, I think that's the problem you'd have, is if you're not manufacturing the games as well, then you're going to end up with a lot of angry people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it would have been cool. All I'm saying is... Even, oh, I even agree. The, yeah, the, the Nintendo Mini as is, but with a cartridge slot. Would have been perfect. Yeah. Would have been perfect, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be pretty good, because, yeah, it, th- that's the the one thing that I, I think is mildly disappointing, yeah. is just that there's no expandability whatsoever. Yeah, and people, I, I imagine there would be people who don't have any games, but there might be, they might be like, you know, when I was a kid, I played this other game, I remember that, so yeah. I'm going to buy this Nintendo Mini, and, you know, there's yeah. that, those are those 30 games that come with it, that's great, but I'm also going to go on eBay and buy this one other game that's important to me, and I'll have it too. Yeah, and I mean, I know Nintendo doesn't make money off of those sales, but I still think that would have spurned a little more interest in the system. So, yeah, yeah, I get, and that's probably the whole reason they didn't do it is just the unpredictability of mm. the fact they're not getting anything from the used game sales, yeah. so they're adding extra hardware and that. Yep, and I guess yeah, I I can understand why they wouldn't do it. I I I certainly would appreciate it if they did, but. Yep, well, I don't know. That would have been their reasoning, I think. Kind of just yep. this extreme fan service that would be probably quite appreciated by a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, yeah, as you said, the, the, the Amazon sale. Like, I, I actually did get onto that, and I clicked through fast enough that I would have been able to buy one. Brutal. Except I couldn't find a listing on Amazon.ca, so I was doing it through Amazon.com. And so I went through, and they're like, "We don't ship to Canada." I was like, "Oh, that's very surprising." 
That's yeah. Uh, you'd think maybe I would have expected they would ship, but they charge you like this ridiculous shipping price. Well, that's what's weird is that like the the it said it was going to be like an extra thirteen dollars or whatever for international shipping, mm. but then like immediately under that it says that that distributor doesn't mm. distribute to Canada. So that was frustrating because. I mean, there was no hint of that before it went on sale, so yeah. I'm just, like, sitting there for two hours monitoring the time so that I'll be ready, and then it, like, wasn't even an option. Yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. Um, but I, I did find that there's a site, I think, uh, I don't remember the exact site. It's, like, Nin Nin or something. It's, like, Play Asia, but it's, like, Play America. Uh no no it's 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 like Play Asia but it's 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 another company that's based in Japan that you can import stuff through. Oh, okay. So Play Asia I think is starting to list it and it's almost like two hundred dollars mm-hmm. Canadian if I want to get one of of the Japanese versions. Right. So they're basically uh, doing the same thing as everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're a business. I mean, it is what it is. But. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, they are actually going to be shipping, like, a bunch of these and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like, I understand them wanting to have the markup and, you know, there's the translations between dollars and the shipping and stuff gets added into it. So right. it's, it's not quite as bad as all the assholes that were marking up their $60 thing to 450 I on Craigslist. <laughs> I wonder how many of those people, I wonder how many people went and bought it for, like, $300. I would be so curious. It would be so stupid if you did that because it's going to come resh- out in a month. Yeah, yeah, they're going to restock these. It's not a finite supply forever. Uh, do you really want to play these emulated games <laughs> for four hundred and fifty dollars? I know it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's like you could just, if you were that desperate for it, you could just do it for free on your own computer. Indeed, indeed. Um, guess what? Yeah. My baby just woke up. Uh, <laughs> well, we got one <laughs> podcast pretty much done. That's practically the same as the four we planned to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, didn't hit any of our topics, so that frees up some... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, nice exactly. reminiscing with you about uh, Nintendo Power and such. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, All right. I'm going to go and, uh, uh, yeah. All right. I guess that concludes this exciting episode <laughs> of the Vegabond Gamecast. Indeed. All right, man. Well, uh, I will be in touch. Um, <laughs> cheers. Have a happy, have a, have a good Sunday. And, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Yay, babies. Oh, man. All right, man. Take care. <laughs>